Hi everyone and welcome to Empowering the Opposition. My name is Dr. Nafis Alam and our topic today will be censorship and cancel culture. The risks and rewards associated with silencing dissent. Um, many people would uh, fall into one side or the other when it comes to free speech and free thought. Um, one side suggests that the freedom of speech and the freedom of thought uh, is good for humanity because it allows people to go through the process of uh, of coming to their own understanding on topics without feeling the stigma of having what may be considered unpopular uh, uh, things that they think. On the other side, um, there's, a, there's a camp that would suggest that limiting, restricting uh, how much freedom freedom of speech entails and how much freedom freedom of thought entails uh, could be beneficial in making it a more efficient process a more refined process to speech and thought. Um, the idea there would be restricting, censoring, um, and, uh, and using cancel culture uh, to silence dissent um, could potentially make good ideas uh, gain a larger spotlight as opposed to having a diversity of thought um, in, in those kinds of ways. So in true empowering the opposition form, we'll approach this topic in uh, differing perspectives. Of course, different people will fall into different sides of this particular argument. Is censorship and cancel culture a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, most people, at least uh, based on uh, my the people that listen to, to this particular podcast, most people would suggest that censorship and cancel culture is not a good thing because it takes away from... Uh, the human condition. Um, we're all different from one another. We have different ideas, different things that we enjoy, different things that we don't enjoy. To censor and cancel um, dissent would be to censor and cancel humanity, uh, as per uh, one particular perspective there. Um, this would suggest that dissent creates an environment where we get an opportunity to learn from another, one another. Uh, this is, would be consistent with what's called conflict theory and human behavior, in that if there is truly free speech and all ideas, until discussed, all ideas are at least assumed to be equal until further discussion shows that there's not equality in arguments, um, that allows for true discourse and a truly intellectual uh, process to epistemology, uh, the science of learning. So, uh, so from that perspective, you might say that it is an intellectually uh, stimulating space uh, to have true free speech and true free thought. On the other side of the coin would be a promotion of cancel culture, censorship, um, and often uh, people tend to think that this is a bad thing. What, you know, how can these words be used in a positive sense? I have a good example for you, at least what I consider to be a good example. Um, and in true empowering the opposition form, if we don't understand that our opponents have a credible viewpoint, we don't understand the credibility in our own viewpoint. So if I can suggest uh, uh, a particular school of thought that suggests that the earth is flat, we know uh, that the earth is not flat, right? And so the cancel culture and censorship folks would say that to not censor and to not cancel the concept that the earth is flat 
would essentially be giving tacit approval to the idea that people who think that the earth is flat is, or rather, people who think that the earth is flat are of equal credibility to those who believe that the earth is round. So when we take that ridiculous example into account, we see right away that there is at least some value to censorship and at least some value to cancel culture. Now, I don't fall, or I do fall on a certain side. I, I, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that I do, don't uh, believe in cancel culture and censorship um, from any perspective. But nevertheless, if I'm going to make an argument as to why censorship and cancel culture is a bad thing, I need to understand why people might believe that censorship and cancel culture and silencing dissent is a good thing. And this is a perfect example as to why uh, silencing dissent may be a good thing. There are really stupid ideas that some people might have, again, like the earth is flat. So, so if we were to say that this is uh, of equal credibility as people who believe that, or, or we say that the earth is round, then we are doing a disservice to epistemology, knowledge in general, aren't we? So understanding that opposing viewpoint is, is key to understanding why it is that people have so many disagreements around this topic. Now, you might say most of these topics don't fall into such a ridiculous uh, umbrella where people believe that the earth is flat and people believe that the earth is round. I'd ask you to consider that uh, those who believe that a particular ideological perspective is the correct ideological perspective to have liken those who dissent to flat earthers. Now, to put this into layman's terms, if I believe in A and you believe in B, if I am of a particular um, uh, uh, highly penalizing, a punitive type of uh, type of thought, I might think to myself, and if I'm way too into my own ideas to understand that there, there might be some opposing viewpoints, if I'm so invested in my ideology that, that I can't understand dissent, I might be of the opinion that anyone who thinks B, even if they're credible, are essentially flat earthers. So it's the assumption that any idea that differs from your own must be so ridiculous that it falls in line with flat earthers would be the case that people who uh, support censorship and cancel culture and silencing dissent, that's where they would they would fall. Versus going back, you know, again, empowering the opposition, we're going back and forth here, versus those who believe that censorship, cancel culture, and silencing dissent are bad ideas, would suggest that um, the answer to bad ideas are more ideas. Um, and the prevailing uh, uh, public would come to the conclusion that, uh, that for example, the earth, is, the earth is round. So the more conversations we have around these topics, the more likely we are to get to an understanding of what is true, what is likely to be the case, versus what isn't. Right, so there's there there are pros and cons to both sides here. Now we already applied conflict theory to the concept of uh, censorship, cancel culture, and silencing dissent being um, being a bad idea. So those who are fall in line more along uh, with uh, with conflict theory would suggest that we need conflict. Conflict is a good thing. 
That's the underpinning of conflict theory. So if we have no censorship and no cancellation or no silencing dissent, then we create an environment that's ripe for discussion and discourse so that we can have those intellectual and ideological conflicts so that we can work together through those conflicts. On the other side of the spectrum is systems theory, which suggests that any uh, anything that takes away from the synthesis within that system is a bad thing. And thus, people who are more along the lines of systems theory would suggest that censorship and cancel culture and silencing dissent are actually good ideas because any idea that contradicts or conflicts in any way with the prevailing school of thought would make for an inefficient process, wouldn't it? Imagine a world where all of us thought the same things, except one person. Now, it's, it's kind of creepy, at least in my opinion, but let's say that that is the world that we live in. That one person would represent a risk, essentially, to continued progress, to continued sensibility. And thus, systems theory would suggest that that one person who dissents should indeed be silenced so that we can continue to work, uh, work forward in as efficient a manner as possible, as per systems theory. So to say that one theory is trumping another would be uh, a, a clear fallacy because we don't know uh, which is which as far as uh, uh, from a topical standpoint. Some ideas, um, at least in my opinion, when it comes to flat earth, I don't know why that keeps coming to mind, but I feel like that's, you know, that's, that's what comes to mind when I think of, uh, of why censorship and cancel culture and silencing dissent. Some people might think that would be a good idea. Um, systems theory would work best in that, in, in sort of, you know, ignoring, essentially, anyone who believes that the earth is flat, so this way we can move forward with, under the assumption that the earth is round, and then we have other conversations to move forward into instead of wasting our time here. That would be, that would be systems theory. And then, of course, conflict theory would suggest that maybe we should have conversations with these people and try to understand why they believe what they believe so that we can at least take into account their understanding of reality um, while still moving forward. So this way, opposition is at least clearly defined. Um, so this way, this way we have a true understanding of what's going on here. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Dr. Nafis Alam, and this has been Empowering the Opposition. See you next time. <laughs>